Hello everyone, how's everyone doing? It's the long-awaited day. Today I discuss the backstory of my mugshot. I know it's kind of coming out of nowhere, but I decided it's finally time. Um, and in order to give you the context of this mugshot, I need to give you somewhat of an uh, audiobiography. So I um, will talk about a lot of things I've never talked about. And I hope that um, you get comfortable just for a little bit. And yes, my mugshot that I'm talking about, it's the one um, that was, I made the cover of my song, Six Feet, featuring Freddie Dredd. I used my mugshot as a cover for a diss track on some TikTokers. Um, but I made merch out of it, so it's okay. Uh... I'm actually, I just, I wore it, <laughs> but the shirt's kind of small now, it's kind of disappointing, so, and I want to be comfortable, <coughs> excuse me, anyway, thank you for listening, I hope you're having a great Sunday, now here's where it starts, um, many of you know, many of you don't know, but I was born in Yemen, if you don't know what Yemen is, you might recognize it, it got the hype for a couple weeks in the summer, um, but it's the largest humanitarian crisis. Well, it's a country, but within it is the largest humanitarian crisis on earth right now. It's a civil war um, where people basically, uh, impoverished people blindfolded, swing uh, at nothing. And basically it's hopeless and it's not going anywhere is my point, um, which is why I found it really funny when... Uh, Hannah and Emily decided to post infographics about um, who the Houthis are and how we can sign a petition to get them to tap out. But that's besides the point. I was born there in my grandfather's living room, um, and a midwife came, of course, and and summoned me. Uh, And I was there for about eight months. And then my father was lucky enough he was selected in some sort of a scholarship program to study in the U.S. Uh, now, this is when I was born. So, about 19 years ago. Um, I'm shipped off with uh, my family to the U.S. I'm eight months old. And uh, there goes my life, man. Um, I spend the first three uh, years of my life about in Oklahoma, I think. Yeah, Oklahoma, that sounds right. Maybe uh, Norma or something, normal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then from there, I moved up to southern Illinois, where I grew up all my life uh, until I was 17. I loved it there, man. It was a very small town. Not very small. It was a college town uh, for the most part. And, uh, yeah, population of about 25,000. It was very diverse for a southern Illinois town. Um, now, it wasn't very diverse uh, compared to Toronto, but you see what I'm saying. In our school library growing up, we had flags hanging from the ceiling. Uh, you know, every flag of the countries, every flag of every country, of every student who resides there. So I would go to go there and I'd point out my little Yemen flag, all right? Anyway, growing up... um. When we came to the U.S., there wasn't much of, uh, you know, any bickering back home. It was relatively tame. And um, on my father's contract, it wrote that he had to return when he finished his studies and teach for two years in his home country, which he had no problem with, of course. This wasn't no uh, anchor baby situation. The goal was to return home the whole time. Um, and, he, and he stayed in, uh, and he was in the U.S. studying, uh, uh, doing journalism. That was his major. He got his, uh, I don't even know what the order is. Is it bachelor, master's? There's something between master's, Ph.D. There's got to be. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, he ends up on Ph.D., PhD takes him a while, and um, during his PhD status, 
things get a little rough back home. So he tries to hurry it up. And, you know, little old me, I'm over here in high school, you know, um, doing my PSAT, my ACT, getting straight A's, you know me. Excited to apply to U of I or whatever I can, uh, my, my biggest dreams are. Um, I want to be a freaking scientist. All right, let's not make this a, uh, you know, I didn't want to be a, in high school, nah. I didn't know what I wanted to be in high school. But when I was a young man, by young man, I mean like six, I wanted to be an inventor. I didn't know what an inventor was. I would, uh, one time I got a projector from the dumpster, and I, I'm not, I kid you not, I had this projector, like a school projector. Like, not the projector that hangs up on the ceiling, the projector that you put a paper, and it shines on the paper, and the paper reflects onto the wall. And I would bang it with a hammer, and I was convinced that I could make it into a, uh, like an Iron Man suit, because I saw a commercial, I didn't even see Iron Man, I don't know who Iron Man was, but I saw a commercial of this scene where Iron Man put his fists into some metal box, and it went all over him and made an Iron Man suit. Um, I was banging that thing from six years old to 11, and nothing really happened. But I'll never forget that little spark I had in me. I still got it. I'm looking for it. Anyway, you know, this is an hour-long podcast, so I might go on a few tangents. Um, And also, if I do look a little sleepy, it's because I just recently woke up. Um, And yeah, man, I'm doing school. I'm enjoying my time. I'm uh, living the American dream, you could say. Uh, at this point, I'm virtually an American. Again, I came to the U.S. when I was a six months, six, eight, whatever, same thing, six, eight months old. But since I was born in the U.S., I didn't, uh, since I wasn't born in the U.S., I never got a U.S. citizenship, right? And neither did my parents. My three younger siblings did because they were born on freedom soil, American soil, uh, after we came over uh but me nope everything uh on my uh everything i had to do was another 10 obstacles i had to jump through because on paper i was fresh off the boat you know everything i had to do if i got a driver's license it would expire in nine months I didn't have a uh, any of the benefits. I had no uh, n- nothing. I was basically, if a dude was visiting the U.S., um, if I went to college, I would pay international student pricing, and I don't know how, how if you know how much that is, but um, you know, if the regular pl- price is ten thousand, international is about thirty-five thousand. Now. If you paid attention before to my previous episodes, I didn't grow up on, um, you know, the freaking newest gadgets. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't swimming in, in coin. I, I had food on the table, but I know what Medicare is. I know what Medicaid is. I know what that freaking link card is. Um, and uh yeah that's not possible 35k i mean what are we what are we doing here um and you can't get loans of course cuz you're not <laughs> cuz you're not an american so i can't just what i can't get a student loan there's no fat fafsa for me there's no nothing everything in my life uh was so much harder um and it wasn't going to get easier there was no path to naturalization because my, because we gotta head back, right? You gotta head back in, into your home, uh, country for two years at least. And of course, what that means is you head back and you don't come back. Uh, it's not like in two years they're, they're uh, very excited for your return. Um, <laughs> <coughs> anyway, um, so I grow up, man. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm trying my best. Um, and as some of you know, trouble is a brewing across 
the ocean. Uh, it gets very, very bad. Civil War, people are dying. I mean, you just can't live there. Even now, you, you really can't live there. Even the capital. Uh, there's no airports even going in to the country. There are no airports in a country of 30 million people. You gotta land somewhere nearby and take a, a Greyhound or something. Um, so yeah, it's getting hot. And, you know, Papa finishes up his studying. So it's time to head back, right? Um, but, you know, we can't head back. We can't. So we apply some for, to something called a temporary protected status. Which is what it what it sounds like. We are temporarily protected from eviction. Um so and that lasts about eighteen months and you gotta renew it every eighteen months. So we're sitting on that for about a couple of years. Um of course parents can't get any jobs because you gotta commit you know, you gotta commit more than a year to a job. It's you don't have a work permit. You don't have anything. So he's left to opening restaurants and, and mechanic shops and uh, odd jobs just to make ends meet. And I'm not and I'm not saying it that as it's important, but I'm just saying it. So you know what I'm thinking. It's really not important. Again, I have food on the table. Um and I think I I am very happy with how I grew up because, um, you know, it gives me something to chase and something to run from. And um, <laughs> I want to reiterate, I mean, I wasn't dirt poor. I don't want to give that image. Anyway, and not because I'm insulted that I <laughs> that I was dirt poor. <laughs> I'm not, this whole, is this a sob story? I'm not looking for sympathy points. That's all. Anyway, we're sitting on this TBS thing, and then Ronald McDonald takes office, Donald J. Trump. And, you know, he's he's running amok, and he's doing his thing. And then they do his little, he does his little uh, Muslim ban. Yeah, Muslims. Um, Muslim. You know, whatever you'd prefer. I'm not offended by whatever you have to say. And basically, it's like seven countries are banned from entry. Um, were we even on it? I'm pretty sure we were on it. I hope we were. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, of course, obviously. That'd be awkward if we weren't. Um, but we're already in. So, <laughs> can't ban us that we're already in. Um, but that just uh, gives you some context of the climate of it. And on that uh, list, there's about seven countries. And, uh, you know, as Trump continued his reign in office, um, he would take off. Uh, he took off a couple of countries, as I recall, I'm pretty sure, of this TPS program. I think it was Sudan or Somalia. So what that would happen is when he would take a country off, you're evicted. You're not temporarily protected anymore. You're no longer protected. You got evicted. So you went from the U.S. to Sudan. Um, and usually people are here running away from stuff. So it's not looking too hot for us. And what we're really thinking about escape plans. Um, and yeah, dude. So, we're worried that we'll get just robbed off that list. Um, and we've tried everything. There's no naturalization process. Um, even through, you know, our, our my siblings who are citizens. Because, again, he's got to return for two years. And, um, you know, one morning, a summer morning after my junior year, I'm excited for my senior year. I've got my classes picked out. Um, I'm taking AP Bio as an early bird. I'm really putting in the work. Uh, I took a couple of John A. Logan. <laughs> there was a community college where I lived. 
I took a couple of college courses in the summer, you know, getting some credits up, save some money before I had to head into that international uh, student tuition. And, uh, you know, Pops wakes me up and says, hey, man, we're heading to Canada. Um, And I'm devastated. I sob my heart out. I can't believe it. Everything, just like my, my life shattered in front of me. Um, I'm sorry, Canadians. I don't mean that this as an insult, but you know this derailed everything uh I had going. Uh, it took me a while to really come to grips, but I knew it was for the better, and I and I kind of went, not like numb, but numb. You know what I mean? I was just like, <sighs> uh, all right, yeah, okay. And, um, yeah, man, it's time to pack. So we're cleaning up and everything, and I don't tell any of my friends. And I kind of regret this to this day. It was sort of a selfish move, but I wanted to enjoy the last, uh, organic interactions I had with them. You know, you don't want to be that guy who's, hey, I'm heading out, uh, less do stuff before I, like, what are we doing? I didn't want that. I'd rather not hang out with anyone. And I wasn't, um, talk of the town at the very, like, no. But I had a handful of very good friends. And, you know, I selfishly, uh, didn't tell them. I would go and, and I, I, I was taking these college courses with my friend and, uh, the whole time I knew there's no point in these college classes. Uh, and because I just liked how we goofed and gaff in Panera. And um, I would go to soccer <laughs> practice for the upcoming season. I knew there's no soccer for me. Um, so things like that until the day before. And uh, yeah, man, it was rough. But, to get to the mugshot, I didn't kill anybody down there. Um, and Pops gives me context. He says, hey, buddy, we're not exactly going to uh, fly into Canada, right? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to rent a car, go up to the border, and cross the border on our two feet. Because there's a loophole in Canadian law, that if you uh, physically make it into Canada, they can't kick you out. That's where we're at right now. Um, and we send my siblings off uh, to uh, Turkey uh, to visit their grandparents, who are not Turkish, but they evicted again this war-torn country. Uh, to the only country that would take them after going to like nine different countries. Another point. I mean, that had nothing to do with this. So, uh, you know, we rent a car. We get up there. We get a taxi, a special taxi. We say, hey, you know the spot. And they say, yeah, well, I see your backpack and your suitcase. We see, well, I see what you're doing. You got to pay me a lot. It was funny. They were like, it was like a, a two-mile Uber, and we paid like $200. Freaking stingy ass. Because they were low-key. Anyway, besides the point. I get up there, and uh, we walk right up to the spot. And some... Uh, there's already officers on the other side. Um, we're crossing into French Canada, so they got a little twang in their voice. And they say... If you cross this border, we will arrest you. Please do not cross. Um, and at this point, we got nothing to lose. We might get evicted out of the out of the home of the free. And um, you got to remember, like I said, nothing was gonna get better if we remained in the U.S. In fact, it was only gonna get worse. Um, I was gonna go to college for forty freaking four times as much as anyone else um and i would never have any benefits as i wouldn't be a citizen you don't understand 
how that affects every facet of what you do. You can't get a job in the same way anyone else does. You don't have any, uh, there's not, I mean, I, I was at Social Security. I don't know what Social Security people really have in the U.S. now that I remember. But you can't, like, uh, like own a, a house. You can't, like, you know, just everything. Uh, and there's a very large chance we get evicted. And there was a new re-election coming up in Canada. And at the time, Justin Trudeau was the uh, prime minister. And if... Uh, and he was very lenient on these rules. I think he instated this little law. So um, we were also worried that if we waited too long, not only would Trump rip us off the uh, protected status program, but also uh, someone else would be in office, a more conservative leader in, in the U.S. and in, in Canada. And this loophole wouldn't be available anymore. And if that and if the loophole wasn't available anymore in Canada, um, we would really be screwed. I would be in Yemen, bro. <laughs> I'm a little pampered U.S. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's not that I would love to visit, but that's not where you want to be right now. Um, you know, I had relatives, just horrible, horrible stories. I'm, I'm the only one out of my extended family who really made it out here. Um, you know, I've got 11 aunts, uh, my mother has 11 siblings and my father has 11 siblings. So, and they're all married with kids. So, you know, and I'm the, we're the only ones who made it out here. So I've got a lot to be grateful for, but we get to that border. We look across and there's this French dude with a mustache and pretty aggressively yelling, Hey, you don't want to do this. If you cross, we will arrest you, and yada, yada, yada. Well, you're probably wearing the merch right now. So you know how the story goes. I crossed the border on my two feet. Um, <laughs> and I get arrested on the spot. Um, mugshots taken, yada, 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 interrogated. Um... Now, they're a lot nicer than, like, if you cross the Mexican border to the U.S. They were surprisingly nice at times, um, which was extremely, it was so nice to, like, you know, get interrogated by a nice officer at a time like this. Some guy would set us aside, you know, take me aside and be like, hey, man, you have nothing to worry about. Welcome to Canada. I mean, can you imagine someone... Crossing the border, the south southern border of the U.S., in a in a in a U.S. cop sitting him down and saying that, I mean, pretty insane. Anyway, we get up there, and uh, it's horrible conditions, um, because now I am classified as a refugee. Uh, I get put into a refugee camp for three weeks in uh, Montreal. Quebec, Canada, um, which is basically an abandoned hospital, and I, my family and I slept, not my, it's just me and my parents, we slept in a, an, like an OR room, literally an OR room, it was pretty, uh, pretty ridiculous, it was extremely dark, uh, and eerie, and we were on the sixth floor of this, uh, and it was full of actual refugees, now I am an actual refugee now, so, um, I don't mean that as a demeaning way, but I mean, like, you know, people with, like, in much rougher situations. Um, but now I'm in their situation as well. So, a lot to think about. Um, and, you know, we've got nothing. And by nothing, I mean nothing. <laughs> we grew up in... We, we we lost everything, basically, um, coming up here, uh, you know, at this point, we've got no attachment to any country, uh, they took everything from us as soon as we crossed, they shook us down, and, uh, 
We're not even allowed to leave the building. Uh, you know, it's kind of deserved. I mean, not when you look at my whole life, but for what we did, we crossed the border. I mean, yeah, so this is just the process. Um, and at that point, <laughs> essentially, uh, when we wrap up our, our time, because we had to, we were visiting like social service people. And uh, every time we'd talk, we'd come up to him, they'd be like, you got a PhD? Anyway. Um, yeah. So it's square one. And my parents basically come up to me and they're like, hey, son, you're, you're pretty savvy. Where should we live in Canada? Um, and I look. Uh, and I know Toronto's expensive, and I know Vancouver's expensive, and I hear about Al uh, Calgary, Alberta. Now, I never lived in Canada, so I don't know, like, stereotypes against uh, Alberta and everything like that. And I'm kind of grateful I didn't, because it would have swayed me away from it. And it's honestly a good place to live for the price. I don't know. If you know anything about the GTA. Or maybe anywhere in Ontario, I think. If I were to have redone it right now, I would have picked some small town in Ontario. Because I didn't know even Ontario was a thing. All I knew was Toronto. So we pick out that spot. My parents are like, alright boss. Uh, and we fly over there. And we hunker down in a hotel. I live in a hotel for at least a month because you got to remember, we've got nothing, no driver's license, no. And it really made me think about homeless people <laughs> because a lot of people are like, dude, just like open a bank account. Okay. Well, we're basically homeless at this point. So, and, and ID list and, and everything. So you go to a bank account and they're like, okay, uh, can we get some ID? We're like, all right, so this is the situation. I'm like, okay, can you give us an address? And we're like, well, that's why we need the bank account. Because we need a bank account to find an ad, you know. So we're stuck in this loop of um, Kafkaesque. I think that's the word. A Kafkaesque situation, a loop through bureaucratic situations. Woe is me. But yeah. And then I even pick out the house, too. Um, it was hard finding a place that would take us with the little amount of, you know, how sketchy we were. But we found a place. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. Here I am. And uh, now I got merch with my mugshot. But, um, you know. I never really talked about this story ever for multiple reasons. I think one being, especially at the time, I didn't want it to define me. Um, and I think it's cooler just to bring it up on the side. You know, sometimes I would talk to an influencer um, and they'd be like, dude, come to L.A., man. I'd be like, ah, I can't. Trump deported me. And they would be like, ha, uh, classic Hamza. Uh, but Trump basically uh, evicted me. I mean, you know the context. I just gave you the whole storyline. I like to say Trump deported me. It's it's uh, it's something I would lie about, which is the funny part. I was, Actually, a couple of days ago, I was telling um, someone about this, and they just didn't believe me. It was really funny. They were just like... All right, dude, that's really funny. Why can't you come in the States? And I tried again and again, and they wouldn't believe me, which is funny. I am the boy who cried wolf. Um, yeah, but that's one reason. I don't want it to uh, define me, really. And this isn't some feel-good moment, so don't get... Don't feel good. I'm just kidding. Um, but... It's just like, yeah, it happened. Um, and like I said, I have a lot of gratitude for what I had um, with my extended family. Um, 
many of them would dream to be in this situation. And I, I see firsthand what it could have been for me. So I don't complain much, honestly, at least about this. Because what's the point of complaining about something you can't change? Uh, and we exhausted every option before we took this, of course. This is a very drastic decision. Talk to lawyers, we talk to anyone, and, and that's all it is. And it was really crushing for me in the beginning, at least, like I told you, I had everything lined up. I had worked 10 years straight so I could go to a good college and get a freaking, I don't know, some fancy schmancy degree. And, you know, make the parents proud. You know, first immigrant. Is that what I am? I'm not even first. I am first generation. Technically. But. But I was only in that country for about six months. So. Uh, I I am. I would identify as second generation. And you know how it is for second generation kids. You gotta. I'm kind of the retirement plan. So. Uh, yeah. And when I get up here. Uh, I was doing TikTok just with my friend down in the U.S. just for fun, you know, when you would stitch people and fat shame them. Now, I'm a, I'm past that now, uh, but that's what it was. You know, that was the only TikToks you could make. Uh, now, it's we're past that as a society, I think. Uh, but I would just goof around on TikTok, and I had like 20K. Uh, and then when I got up here, when I was in the uh, hotel looking for places, I decided I was going to put everything I had into this gig of social media after I got my first $25 sound promo because I'm going to pay for this. Um, that, and I didn't have wait, any money. My, still to this day, I mean, well, and I do, and I give back, but as a family, we're, it's, it's been ground up, it's been two years, so we've had a lot, and like I said in another podcast, it's not like we are against the system and the situation, it's like we're okay with less stuff as a family, it seems. My point is, um, I also figured out about something called a P1 visa or something. Basically, if you're famous enough, the U.S. will take you in. So that was another great motivator for me. And, you know, maybe if an agent sends me or a manager gives me a visa for six months to film some freaking music video, I'd be in the States and be able to visit my friends or something. And now I've got more friends through the Internet, which I'm grateful for. And I can maybe visit them, too. So... Not only is this a mugshot story time, per se, but it's also why I can't go in the States. It was pretty convenient with Corona. I could, because the whole time I was able just to say, I can't go down because of Corona. Uh, But really, I can't leave the country. At this point, if I leave the country, I I won't be welcome back to Canada uh, at all. And I can't leave it. Um, I left to Turkey to visit my grandmother because she had a health emergency and it took a very long time to apply for this, but we got a visa to Turkey for a couple of weeks, me and my father, and I visited, I, I met my uh, grandparents for the first time in my life and a lot and extended family um, because when I was in the U.S., of course, all my life in the U.S., uh, I can't leave the country, neither can my parents, and it's hard to watch my parents, because they can't, uh, they haven't seen their, any of their family in, uh, two decades, uh, and that was another big thing for them coming up here, if, if, if losing everything meant the chance to see their parents one more time, uh, they decided it was worth it, so, you know, even now my mother hasn't been able to see her family just yet because my mother's side of the family is in a uh, much rougher situation 
But my grandma, my mom's size is an ALS. She has severe ALS. And, you know, my mom has to watch uh, or for who she loves so much. And it's just like that. You know, these are things I don't talk about because that's not what I'm here for. I'm a silly goose guy. Sorry, I just got a notification on Discord. Someone sent me a friend request. Um, because I don't find them important. I'm important to you. Um, and I'm not undermining my own struggles. It's just at this point, and the reason why I decided to talk about it is because it's not a large part of my identity, but it's a large, pro- large process of where I'm at right now. Okay, it's it's the reason, it's a lot of what I think about. It's the reason why I can't take these steps that I wish I could um, move down to the States and things like that. But I am extremely grateful for what I have. May not show, but I am. Um, and up here, it's only going to be another year and a half till I have something called a permanent residency, which is uh very close to a citizen and then in another year and a half I'll be a citizen that could never happen in the US ever and when I'm a citizen I'll be able to go to the US as I please um you know 6 months here 6 months there I could apply for a work visa for a year I could stay there as long as I want basically of course I won't be a US citizen but maybe I get down there and I marry a nice <laughs> A woman with a nice, uh, let's say, citizenship. And even that, it's like a seven-year process. Or maybe less. Um, But yeah, I'm assuming you didn't expect this. If you did, I mean, holy moly. Uh, But yeah, I'm extremely grateful, man. Uh, I know what it could have been. And, uh, and it's just going to be up from here. And I kind of tell this because I feel like a lot of the listeners deserve. You don't deserve anything. Don't get it twisted. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I do a little a little monotone thing. Um. I think. Uh, I think longtime fans, kind of. I mean, it's. I don't know, because <laughs> I'm trying not to make this seem like a bigger thing than it is. But at the same time, it is kind of personal. It's just a lot of what I'm working with. And I hate and I and I don't want to bring it up because I don't want anyone looking at me differently in like a sympathetic view. I don't want to be, uh, you know, this the whole point. I'm not making this to make you feel bad for me or else I would have done that way earlier. Um... I'm doing it because, yeah, because you kind of deserve to know. Uh, and I kind of, I'm tired of like lying, or I never lie, but it's kind of, what is it, a white lie when you tell the first, when you don't tell the full truth of like why I can't go to the States or uh, things like that. So yeah, I'm optimistic. Uh, and yeah. And uh, I'm also grateful for you guys. I mean, never my wildest dreams. Well, it's not in my wildest dreams. It's kind of funny because this was never something I uh, aspired to be. A sort of content internet, content creator influ. I think there's a difference between content creator and influencer. I'm going to pick content creator. I mean, I thought it was cool up until I was like, 13 and then i realized it wasn't a real thing kind of and i just pushed it to the side i never looked at this seriously so i would have never expected the kind of success not success but the kind of reception i've got from people online so it has been quite a journey man quite a journey and uh, thanks to you guys, I'm able to do this. And I hope, oh, 
There we go. A little, uh, I don't know where that went. And uh, I'm grateful for my parents as well. They kind of did this executive decision. It's not an easy decision. Uh, of course, I was mad at them for a while, but I was more mad at the situation and I displaced that anger at them. But yeah, it was rough at first. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just weird. How would you react if you woke up one morning uh, and your schedule was to go and go to the gym and then study your summer courses uh, to prepare for your senior year? And, you know, you get told, hey, we're crossing the border to our northern northern neighbors um and kind of everything changed from there i need to make a book bruh no i'm just kidding uh but it also that's why i'm i'm always thinking you know i'm always a thinking guy ever since i was young my mom would drive me to like daycare and i'd just be sitting in the back like my eyes like this and uh like kind of chewing on nothing you know, I still do that all day, basically. I'm a thinking man. And what I thunk is uh, it wouldn't be other way. It's not that I wouldn't have it any other way. But it but it wouldn't be any other way. So what's the point of uh, trying to change something you can't change or getting upset about something you can't affect? Um, you know, it's just... And it's kind of exciting, too, because if, you know, if this is where I'm at and this was the last thing I expected, imagine where I'm at in two years. I might be in Madagascar. Uh, and yeah, I'm grateful. And, you know, I have had to miss out on a lot of stuff. It's kind of funny because I, if I didn't get into this Internet game, I would have not been remiss over these things that I couldn't attend down in the States, you know, see my internet friends or uh, these other opportunities. But, uh, but that's because of the internet gig, you know, if I came up here and I just went to college and I assimilated real quick, <laughs> I wouldn't be like kind of stuck between two worlds. Um, but I do love Canada. It's kind of funny, the meme I do of being so patriotic to Canada. It's kind of a half joke because I don't know anything about Canada. I'm kind of a newbie here. But honestly, it's not. I love Canada from the bottom of my heart. It kind of gave me a home. Um, and yeah, I say this all the time, but I think Canada would be a great place to grow up in. It's, it's probably... the. <laughs> The worst thing to be in Canada is probably an influencer. Uh, or the worst thing to be in Canada when you can't get out of Canada has got to be an influencer because you're out the loop the whole time, which is what I decided to be. God forbid. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love Canada. Uh, unironically, um, y'all gave me a place. I feel safe up here. Um, it really is a beautiful place. It's just a little chilly. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. We've been in, down there for 17, 18 years trying to get any status. You don't understand. Not just me, but my parents lived there for 18 years seeking refuge. Trying to get any status at all and that's not it wasn't possible mainly because of this stupid loophole with my dad's scholarship that required him to return for two years if it was kind of everyone else we could have i don't know some daca thing or something but um you know i'm basically the david dobrik of the middle east boy um i could not there was no stats in 17 years. I'm up here. In three years, I'm going to be a citizen. I mean, that's like, that's crazy. 
timber shaking. Um, so yeah, I'm just grateful. Talking about this just makes me grateful. Um, I, I'd never really see this as, uh, you know, I want to like punch a punching bag or something because it couldn't have been any other way. And, uh, yeah, I wish I could have just said I robbed the liquor store or something and that's how I got the mugshot. Actually, would that be worse? I don't know. Um, but I was formally detained. And I made up that whole story. No, imagine. I could do that. That's something I could do. I could have made up that whole story. I'm a good liar like that, but I did not make that up. <laughs> and now I've put that doubt in your head. But, you know, that's just what I got to do. I didn't make that up. No, I didn't. Um, And, yeah, guys, there you go. <laughs> funny and i just never talk you know i'm not ashamed of this that's something that really makes me mad when people say that because um like i say i mean this is more of a broader ideology but i just you know there's this facade that gets into uh i like to call myself you know a funny guy on the internet but now merge into an influencer is that Anyone cares about these internet people more than their content. And I know, you know, you might say otherwise. But at the core of it, it's your content. And I know that because that's how I am when I'm watching someone. I don't, (laughs) you know, I'm never bringing this story up again because it's just, it's not that I'm ashamed of it. It's just unimportant. It doesn't, or this part of my life, I mean, I might joke about it here and there. I joke about it a lot with my friends. Um, but the last thing I want to do is seem like I'm trying to garner sympathy or, uh, uh, you know, because that's what I'm not doing. That's it. That's the only reason why. I mean, I'm not judging you if you do that, but that's <laughs> it's just not what I'm doing. Um. And yeah, I'm really, I got like, I'm trying to fill this last 10 minutes, hit that hour mark, you know, airport luggage guys, huh? You got to pay 60 bucks to pay for, to fly in the airports. I hate flying, but no, and that's where I am right now. Came up here. I'm doing this gig, taking a gap year. I'm on my second gap year. Rock. And uh, I spend my time thinking. And I don't know what's in the future. I, I still I love education. And I'm trying to get to a point where um, I am financially free enough to go to college and not worry about that degree making money for me type thing. Because then I could really sink my teeth into it. But again, I'm not trying to be a 23-year-old dude in college and getting his bachelor's. I don't even know. There's so much I don't know. And I'm really... Um, excuse me, I'm about to sneeze. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. There's so much I don't know. And I can't wait to move out um, and really experience the world. And that's what's kind of been holding me out. Because I've been really optimistic about maybe I move out down to the States on some sort of visa thing. Or uh, something, but that's not looking hopeful. Um, So, yeah, I might go to Toronto or something and dabble there. I mean, it's just, and it makes you think. I've I've learned a lot of stuff from this experience uh, that I don't think I would have learned otherwise about just the... uh, just how ridiculous this whole thing is about life. I mean, it's like, it's just so, it's so, it's not even crazy. It's just silly thinking that, um, you know, thinking that you matter. I mean, you matter in, in the fact that don't kill yourself, but that you matter. And by definition, you think you're in the center of the universe because that's the point of view that you have on everything. So everything uh, returns back to you and your condition to that. 
but uh, I realized that, uh, <laughs> hey guys, it's Nietzsche here, um, popular philosopher, and I'm going to be teaching you about how you should live your life after talking about this silly story. No, but <sighs> I don't want to be that guy who thinks he's got it figured out, because I don't, but I've had, um, I've learned stuff that I would have never learned otherwise if I just applied with my SAT scores and went to U of I and did engineering, which I didn't want to do. See, I didn't want to do engine. I was going to do engineering in the States, but now I know. Thank God I didn't do that. Um, and then when I came up here, I was about to do business. Thank God I didn't do that. Um... And now if I would, if I'm, if I would go, I would do psychology and I think I would love it. I mean, look at that. How would I have known that if I didn't go through all this mess? Silver linings. You know, you guys call me negative and all that, but I'm quite positive in the grand scheme of things. My mother calls me cold, which is kind of sad. Um, but if she only knew how cold she was. It's quite funny. It's a very cold family up here in a cold country. Um, But yeah, that's enough personal information for you. And now what I do is I pray you don't leverage it against me at some point. Because that's why I don't recommend you guys do this to anyone on the internet. Never say anything personal on the internet. Because it will be leveraged against you. Or um, you just don't need to. Don't do this. I don't recommend this. <laughs> Um, and I'm not doing this, uh, I'm only doing this at a point where I really, really want to, not really want to, but, uh, want to, there you go. I never felt the need to do it before and I don't feel the need to do it now. I cannot stand on a hill. I can't have an opinion without object, objecting myself. Now I got hiccups. What I'm saying is I just felt like it was the time. That's all. And I hope that. You learned something new about me, and I hope you enjoyed and you were entertained. Okay, guys, I'll see you guys later. Thank you guys so much for the support. Love you guys. Peace out.